his spirit and his presence. Man, we're blessed. God bless you. You may be seated. Let our classes go back. God bless each one of you. Let's continue to pray for some. Some still uh, battling with COVID and things of this nature and sick. And, uh, let's remember Brother Donald Ford, a man. He had several kidney stones took out last week. And a man has got shingles on top of that, but doing better. But uh, they're telling him kind of to isolate himself for a while because of the shingles and didn't want to be around babies. Amen. So anyways, but let's pray for him. Keep him up. The Pierce family, God bless them. Amen. Continue to pray for them and others. That God's blessings, our children, just different things going on. But God's working for us. He's keeping us. What a mighty God we serve here today. Anybody glad to be a part of the glorious church? Hallelujah. But still the best is ahead of us. There's no doubt of that. And that moment, a twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen. We're going to take this old man, put him down, put him off, and put on that glorious man. Man, that incorruptible one. Man, praise God. What a glorious time we're looking for. But until then, man, I still believe we're the most equipped, man, church on the earth. We may not have the numbers as some claim to be, but I'm telling you, God, he's equipped his church. Amen. God has gave his church some gifts, and he's going to tie in with your lesson today. Praise God. Anybody glad to be betrothed today? Hallelujah. Engaged. That would be a better term for us. Just a lot stronger terms with it. Requirements. Amen. I've never heard anybody was engaged had to, had to give a divorce to get out of it. But you had to get a writing, written of a divorcement to get out of a troth. So it's a little more to it. A lot more responsibility to it on both parties. Man, once they had agreed. And, and guess what? <laughs> the bride didn't have, didn't have very much say-so in it. The only say-so she really had was, I'll go. But there's an awful lot of responsibility. You know, sometimes a man wants to say, I'm the head. I'm. You better be careful with that, because also that means you're the provider and protector. And if you fail there... <laughs> so anyway, we have to be careful with that, don't we? Praise God. But we have got a beautiful lesson today. It's lengthy, no doubt, covering a lot of chapters and verses. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of, I'm, I may be that type that I love to get every golden nugget. <laughs> Amen. Because you might have needed this one and that one, but somebody else needed this other one. And God knows, God sees. But it's a beautiful, beautiful story that's unfolded in Genesis, the 24th chapter, about Rebecca and uh, actually the eldest servant of Abraham. Isaac was not even involved in this conversation or choosing. Well, how would we like that today? How many of you ladies would like for your brother to be the main one that negotiates for your groom? 
That's the way it was. Praise God. No doubt there's probably some, we don't preach too here, but the sonship and the coming of Jesus Christ is really where that kind of falls in place too. In believing who he was. Believing in his words and his presence and what was made available through Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, so we got a good lesson. The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. There's no doubt there's several directions we can go, but we're going to try our best to stay with the lesson. And, uh, and if we'll stay with it, we ought to get out by 12. Okay? <laughs> Praise God. Young Brother Sanford will be with us tonight, and he can rescue y'all. Praise God. Amen. The Bride of Christ, focus verse in Ephesians 5 and 27. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church. He bought it. He purchased it. It was purchased by his blood. He went to the cross. It wasn't his cross. It was our cross. He, he was willing to wrestle in Gethsemane. He was willing to submit his will and to the will of the Father. There was no other way for this to unfold or take place to, to purchase the church. Man, to purchase the bride. And thank God the bride wasn't just going to be of the Israelites. Amen. God's chosen people as far as in the natural and the father of faith and the Hebrews. And, but thank God that when he came, it was going to be an opportunity for that veil to be rent from top and bottom that whosoever will. There's a lot of emphasis put on that. Even in this lesson today with Rebecca. To be willing to take the journey and go to a place and be married to a gentleman that she had never FaceTimed. She had never texted. She never heard his voice. She never seen a single picture of him. Didn't know how old he was. She didn't even mask. We'll go a step for that. Didn't know what color he might have been. Well, she probably had a good idea because she knew he was from the lineage of, out of her family. In fact, it was kind of like first cousins. Boy, I'm, I'm checking off a lot of flags, ain't it? Real quick. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Praise God. And... Uh, but you know what? They some struggled with Jesus Christ because they couldn't get over the idea that he was just a carpenter's son. They couldn't get over the idea that we know his brothers. They didn't realize that was his half-brothers. We know his sisters. We know that. Yeah, she married that old, that old thug down the road from me. Ain't no way Jesus I can be the Messiah. Because everybody's got pre preconceived ideas. That still works today. There's a lot of people who's got preconceived ideas how to be saved and how they're going to work it out with God. And they don't have to pay no attention to this. They can just 
We, we got it worked out. And you know what? God and the devil will allow us to do that if we choose to. If, if we don't want to hear it, if we don't want to believe the gospel, if we don't want to hear the good tidings, and re- if we reject it or refuse to believe it, God, God allow that. Amen. Because it's really based upon our will. You know, we don't have to live for God even after we experience the Holy Ghost. We don't have to submit ourselves to one another or to Christ. Well, it's part of the lesson. Ephesians 4 and 5 chapters. Amen. And, and, and you know what? But you and I both know that to have great marriages, both parties have to submit. Both parties have to be willing to work together. For it to be joyful on both sides. For it to be a pleasant thing. That's how it works. If one tries to dominate and rule and they're always right. The other may surrender and submit and whatever. But it ain't a joyful thing. They may not voice it. But I'm telling you it's not. Okay. Anyway. Here we go. It's a good lesson. It's, it's a beautiful lesson. It's, uh, it's going to tell us. It's going to reveal a lot to us. And so. Truth about God, Jesus is coming for a church without blemish. Without blemish. You know, you know that blemish doesn't have to be very big sometimes and uh, to be noticeable. And uh, Truth for my life is I will prepare myself. I will prepare myself. I, I, will, I will humble myself. Another place a writer talks about it. Another place he talks about yielding, what we yield ourselves to. That's the reason the struggle between uh, the, the carnal and the, the world, and love not the world, things, it's, that's, 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 you know, that's where we at. And so I'm going to take my time today. I may not scream at you a lot. I might. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Amen. But um, as we watch this. Because I'm going to tell you something. God loves us with an everlasting love. And really as the song has done, you know, refers to us here this morning, the goodness of God. And Brother Ford doesn't mention it. We all know it's his goodness is the reason we're even here. We're not a match for the devil. We're not even a match for our own flesh. We're really not. You know, it's like a lot of the elements out there. Man can't handle them. That's been proven time and time again from, from the higher ups to the lower ones and ever how you want to look at it and positions and places and education and money and no money. You know, nobody can handle sin. Sin will dominate and control and rule and govern us. And so we got to have help from another kingdom. We got to have a help from another place to help us. Amen. And this is what the betrothed is all about. And Especially when you go to John the 14th chapter. So we, we're going to go to it. We're going to put it all together. Truth of my life, I will prepare myself to be what? Part of the bride of Christ. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be, you know, wherever God puts me in this bride. 
this kingdom. It's, it's likened to that, likened also to a body, amen, and all that works hand in hand and works together. But I, I'm glad to be a part, amen, even in a nation. And we may have our faults, and Lord knows we got them, and we got plenty of them. But you know, I'm going to tell you what, we're living in probably the greatest nation, as far as I'm concerned right now, in this world. Amen. With God's favor, God's blessing upon us. And, and I know the leadership's trying its best to lead us into their own direction. Amen. And how do you know that? How many's looked at your 22 quarters? How many's looked at your 23 quarters? Give you a little homework. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a little homework. Go get your 22 or 23 quarter. Pull you out a 21 or any time back. And compare them. Look at the head. And watch what direction the head of that coin is facing. And from 22, the direction of that head. Brother Pierce brought this to my attention here a few days ago. It's blown my mind. I've been telling everybody. I ain't, I ain't throwing mud at them, but especially the Democrats. You look at it, you'll be shocked. We got to put up whether they say to 25, but hopefully in 25 it changes. I hope we make a about face turn. I pretty well have told you when you look at it, you'll see it. Anyway, here we go. The bride of Christ. Amen. I, I, I want to I be a servant of the Lord. So as we look at this and we talk about the betrothed, actually the betrothed started even way back in Deuteronomy 27. What man is there that hath betrothed a wife? If he has betrothed her, that doesn't mean there are actually what you and I would call marriage. We would call it an engagement. But even in this period of time, most of the betrothed was for one year. And in that year, there was preparation made for his bride. A lot of times this individual, if not most of the time back then, he would go and build on a room to his father's house and make preparation to have a place to bring his bride and he would go and bring her. But watch what it says in Moses' writings in Deuteronomy as they going into the promised land, things they should not, ought not do. And those it's, it's brought into battle itself. Watch what he says. What man is there that hath betrothed a wife and hath not taken her? He hasn't went and received or got her yet. Amen. Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle and another man take her. Amen. So he wasn't allowed to go into battle. He was, uh, he was gave permission, amen, to go back to continue his uh, duties, amen, of preparing a house, preparing a place that he could go and take that wife. And he's causing the writers here in the translation, the King James Version calls her a wife at this point in time. Even prior to this ceremony or final engagement of bringing her home and into that room and into that place. So again in Luke 1 to 27, we're going to see again uh, an area where Joseph and Mary and it says to a virgin espoused to a man espoused is the term that's used here the same likeness as but the trough and so they was espoused so they were in one sense good as merit except they had no uh, relationship intimate relationship as of yet a man that wouldn't take place. It's just an engagement's taking place to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And so we know all that prophecy. And I ain't gonna go in. I don't got time. We'll do that at Christmas. But then you go to Matthew one and nineteen, and Joseph, Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, he could have. 
a man, a right on divorcement, totally could have humiliated her, her by, by bringing her out in the public and things. But he would not do that, being the man that he was. And thank God he didn't, you know, he just didn't lose his temper and get all beside himself. But he let God step in, gave him a dream, sent an angel to him and instructed him what it had taken, what it had taken to care. So again, we see how Mary, Mary, a man, stepped out and took a risk of losing a man, the, the relationship and, and with Joseph and all this other but you know what I believe she trusts God I believe she had faith in God that God would work it out and so as we go back into the lesson itself and and I'm going to try to hurry but yet at the same time I'm going to go through a lot of Genesis the 24th chapter amen because there's so much in this in this story that I would like for us to really pick up on. Uh, if you notice, your writer made mention, and I'm not against. I'm not against what he's saying here. Okay, don't take it that way. But at the beginning of it, he talks about how how that uh, the servant had faith in Abraham, and Abraham had faith in the servant, and that's true. That's true. They had faith in one another, but yet both both had faith in God. You know, I'm telling you, way too often God is left out of the equation. But all said and done, there is no equation without God. Anything that man sets out to do that does not allow God, it's going to be a flop. Sooner or later. That doesn't matter if it's religion, government, any types of relationships. Hey, we're talking to you, Testament. Don't be quick to join hands. So, I mean, there's, I'm telling you, there is a thousand different ways we can go with this. And really, uh, it'd be nice if we could. Because I'm telling you, God's working to save us. God is working. Man, he's shaping and, and molding and helping us as a church to be the soul winners and the light barriers. Because I'm going to tell you something. If we don't become equipped, we won't make the journey. We won't stand the, the test. We won't come through. The, 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 There's some, they some tough times coming, folks. They're already here. And so we, we've got to know the voice of God. We've got to be able to trust God and have confidence in God. That regardless of what comes and goes. And, and even those that may rise up against us. And statements that are made. One was made to me yesterday at a certain place. And, 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 and I could tell. I, I, I just let it water off a duck's back. And I mean, you know, I, I, what else are you going to do? You can't change truth. I'm, I'm not about to even try. And I'm not about to fuss and gripe with all of them about it. That's their business. If they don't think no more of the minister and call him a bud, you, you're the one that's in trouble, not me. You know, that's all I can tell you. And uh, so, anyway, I'll tell you, we're living that time. So, let's look at this chapter. Let's watch it. It begins. So, watch this. Passed away. This is the mother of Isaac. She passes away. They're, they're up in age. Now, Abraham is old. Amen. And so in this age, he really begins to realize the importance of, of Isaac and for Isaac to have a wife. And he did not want him to have a wife out of the, the Canaanites and, and where he was there, where he abode, as the Bible would put it. And, and so he calls his eldest servant in. Elijah most unbelieves who it was. And so here, he calls him in and it's going to give him a, uh, asking him to, to carry out something for him. And so as he calls him 
end, he wants him to take his hand and put it under his thigh. And just prior to this, though, Elijah begins to question him and say, you know, what if by chance, you know, that she is not willing to come? Amen. I'm going to take this journey. Now, the writer of the lesson helps us to understand the journey. It's not just a picnic. It's not just driving to Loosedale. It's not even driving to Louisiana. <laughs> Amen. In fact, he says round trip was about 3,400 miles round trip. Okay? And so it was going to take right at, if not, a full year to make this journey, to make this trip. Okay? And so he has spent, or going to spend, some six months just going back to the land of Abraham and his kinsmen. And so as they're discussing this, and finally they come to the agreement of it, that, we're gonna, that he's going to do this because he released him, you know, because the biggest deal was what if she's not willing to come? And if they don't have one and willing. And so he, he tells him, because he questions, he said, do I come back and then take Isaac? And, and, hey, and you, you read it. You read those few verses. You're going to see where Abraham was pretty blunt. And I, I believe maybe with an attitude for, for, for no reason under the sun, you take Isaac back to that land. Even for a wife, you don't take him back. No. He said, you be, will be relieved of your duties. If you go, and if, if, if God hadn't worked, but listen to Abraham. But he said, but I believe God will send his angels and set the path and guide it, direct it. Now, can I, can I, we know that, I want to be careful here, because God worked this out, okay? And God's timing worked it out. And we're going to see that as it unfolds here. But at the same time, don't get the idea and the opinion that everything God wants you to do, that it's just all going to fall in place and everything's going to be perfect and there's not going to be any resistance or hindrances or things of that nature. Because even Paul talks about how the devil hindered him at times, okay? That's what I want to try to get us across to us. Because all of us, when we set out to do something and we want God's blessings and favor on it, we ask him sometimes. I've been asked to even pray this prayer for you sometimes. Hey, pray that God, will. there won't be no heartaches, no troubles, no hindrances, amen, that, that God's blessings will be upon it and I'm not against that prayer I'm just simply telling you that all things in life and working for God and the kingdom of God is not always going to work out that way and so just because there are heartaches and disappointments and postponements that means it's not the will of God in, in fulfilling that or accomplishing that okay so let's get the right mix here all right and get the right balance here but in this particular case because I already told you it was going to take a year okay time was running out Abraham's getting old Isaac's getting old <laughs> amen we got to find a wife and and so we, this has got to be done and and so we ask him for the favor and the blessings of God and so Abraham's letting him know that God God's going to send angels amen to help direct this and all this and so we're going to find out even the servant believed that and so as you go through this and you get down to the place and down to the area where he makes his way to his, his uh, place. Now watch this. Also this servant has the right and the privilege to everything that Abraham owns. Abraham doesn't hold anything back. So he takes ten camels. 
Now, if you do any kind of commentaries on it, most of them believe at least eight of them was probably loaded down with goods and things of this nature. A lot of times in these kind of convoys, they would take a couple extra just in case of need. Uh, so whatever, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, you know, Ten camels can carry a lot of stuff anyway, okay? And so he's going, to carry, he's going to carry some silver and gold. He's going to take some gifts because a part of that betrothed was the gift, amen, that the groom would come and give unto the bride. Now, if you do a study on that betrothed also, a lot of times these betrothed were set up while the kids were just small. They were just kids. And families would make agreements. And most of the time, the families that was making this agreement and working this out, it benefited both families. And so the groom, or the father of the groom, would be the one that would actually give this bride the gift. Amen. And so that bride would hold on to that gift. And if she was just, and sometimes they were just children. They weren't even teenagers. They were children when these arrangements were made. And so, you know, and agreements. And now their prayer and hope was that they would fall in love. Man, that's, that's you know, this falling in love stuff. Sometimes it happens overnight. And sometimes they fall out of love overnight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I had to say it. I'm sorry. But anyway, that's just, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it's at. But anyway, so, but here, uh, again, this, all this is prearranged and so the falling in love. Let me, let me say this. Uh, can I tie this in? Because I'm afraid I might miss it later on. Hey, that there's more to that if we really think about it. How many of us say that we really love Jesus? The first time we heard the gospel, the first time we heard it, that we loved him like we love him today. spouses. I will never forget it. I won't never forget what Brother G.R. Travis, he done this at camp meeting. Amen. He, he was talking about his wife and he said they were, I think they were just going down the road or something. Maybe they had an anniversary. I don't, I don't remember just the unfold all that, but I remember this part of it. He, he said, I looked over at her and he said uh, baby, he said I found out that when we got married, I, I didn't love you. Well, there for a moment, man, it shocked her. It was almost like, this, he was telling he said, like the blood ran out of her face, man. She's looking over like, like one. And he had to finish. He said, compared to how much I love you today. So it had increased. And so, you know, when they're joined together, united together and things, that love should increase. And you have to work on it because you have got an adversary. You've got an enemy. He's destroying. He's out to do that. Okay. So as, as we watch this and he begins to make his way, the servant himself. And I'm just going to try to tell most of it. And I know I gave the whole chapter. And if you kind of want to just kind of follow down through that with me, that's fine. But as the servant gets these, the ten camels and he gets all this and he heads out. Now, remember, he spends six months traveling through the. Uh, the mountain range and desert range. And so it's not, it's not like he got into his $80,000 chariot with air conditioner. You know, he's got AM, FM, radio, CDs. And, and you know, he just, yeah. <laughs> and a gas station ever, you know. <laughs> he had 10 camels. He had a few servants. And probably some of those servants is thinking, I can't believe he picked me. I don't know what in the world we're doing out here. We're going after I was like, that's more brat. 
You know, anyway, you know how people are. You know how we can be. So anyway, so he might have had to listen to some of that. I don't know, you know, but God knows because I'm going to tell you what. They didn't have, I know this much. The Bible told us that Elijah didn't have some glorified flesh, amen. And so, you know, he had like passions just like us. So I'm pretty sure everybody else in the Old Testament had like passions like we do. And we sometimes up and we're down and sometimes we like things and sometimes we don't see the importance of it. So no doubt this servant, because the servant's only once had this conversation. And how much of this? He told everybody else and let everybody else know. I don't know. Because you know what? Some of that he might have just kept to himself because if he told everybody else, hey, we're going to get Isaac a bride. Who is it? I don't know. Where's she at? I don't know. You got her address? I ain't got a clue. (laughs) Come on. So now, you know, all of this is a faith deal. All of this is trusting and believing that God's going to work this thing out. It's a God thing. And so here he goes. And so six months. So he makes his way. He gets in pretty close. It's getting even a time. And that's the time that all the, the ladies, if you read that, ladies went out and got the water. Men didn't go out and get the water. The ladies done it early in the morning. I can go to New Testament and show you again where most time it was the ladies that went out and got the water. Amen. And that's the reason one wouldn't go out until the noonday, then the heat of the day. Amen. So when nobody else was there to look at or make all kind of remarks. So a water, why? Because a whale. A whale is like the superstore. It's a place you can sit out on the beach and find out everything that's going on in the community. Hallelujah. No, I'm just going on. But it's, it's going to be more like, you know, my, my space and what it's called anyway. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. It's where you get on Facebook and find out everything that's going on. Amen. You know, if you're going to know what something's going on, what time it's going to be, get on Facebook. But anyway, so, and so here, that's what the watering well. Most of the time, they all come in at the same time. So they go, and that was both good. It may be bad, but for good too. But anyway, so he was there. And he had parked away from it just a little bit, got these 10 camels, the Bible says, and knelt down. And so now he's waiting. But while he is waiting, the Bible lets us know, I think, starting about the 10th verse, as it talked about those 10 camels, and he made his camels kneel. And he said, Oh, Lord God, up my, this is the 12th verse. My master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Now, you know what? This servant probably had a right to pray, pray that good speed. Uh, you know, he didn't want to camp out there for a week or two or a month. I mean, come on, he's not been on the road for six months. <laughs> you know, so, so there's some leverage about this right here, about this time business. And so he's requesting, he's asking God, amen. And, and, and you know what? Watch how this unfolds here. Behold, I stand here by the well of the waters of the daughters of the men of the city. Come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher. I pray thee that, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink. And I would give thy camels drink also. Wow. You know, it's one thing setting that pitcher down. Because she said, God, don't want her shoulders now. Now, you got to remember uh, this 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 deal she towed it water in and the whale had steps down into it she didn't come and draw with a bucket or nothing she had steps that went down into this well so she would carry it and go down to this well dip it come up those stairwells amen back up to him and so this is what he's requesting that when she comes amen and he asked for drink that she would voluntarily water the Campbell's that's one thing, drawing enough water for a man or two. But when you start drawing water for Campbell's and you volunteer to do that, man, it's a different ball game. You know God's working. <laughs> Amen. So, 
so this was his request, and so you know how it went. And so no sooner than he had said this, if you read on there, you're going to say that he was actually praying this in his heart. He wasn't really praying this out loud. But as he was praying this in heart, and as he finishes, and it's almost kind of like and he lifts his head up and opens his eyes, here comes Rebecca immediately. And she's making her way down to the well. And she shows down. And, and, and notice there's some powerful statements made about Rebecca. How that she was fair and, and to be looked upon. And that she was a virgin. But watch this. And she knew no man. I believe God's, God's saying something there. He could have just had it translated and put in there that she was a virgin and everybody. But there is even you no man. Could that virgin part meant a whole lot more than what we think it means. In the heart and the mind and the spirit. Because I'm telling you, he didn't have to put the other part that she knew no man. We knew by the very first statement. But it's almost like a twofold deal that God's trying to about Rebecca and how she had kept herself. Now remember now, you got to remember this. We're, we're betrothed as a church, and we got to prepare ourselves. It's not all on us, but a lot of it is. A lot of it's on us. And that's one problem with the church today, or the religious church. The religious church thinks that the grace of God overlooks everything and everybody can just do what they want to do and live they like they want to live and say what they want to say and walk like they want to walk and, and everything. And still, you know, everybody's saved and everybody's going to heaven and everybody's going to. But the book hadn't taught us that. And so, and so, by the help of God here today, we're going to talk about some things. Because I still believe the church is the most powerful institution on this earth. I believe that. As we walk with God and represent Him as His betrothed, I believe God has gifted the church to display and manifest and flow out of us. A kingdom, a power, a man that still will let others know those folks are not the same. They're not just one in a, among a number. Even what we call religion. Okay? So as this begins to unfold, and so... Uh, as Rebecca makes her way there, he requests of her, if you read through this, you're going to see she was willing to take that down. And she volunteers a man to water those camels. After that, he questions her because now, now, see, just that alone wasn't going to get the deal done. Just because that happened, that doesn't mean, amen, that the servant was content and satisfied. No, now he's got to ask some questions. He's got to find out who she belongs to and what family she's out of. Well, come to find out, and for time's sake, because it's 11, 16, or because that she, she reveals unto him who she is and who's, who's her dad. And come to find out it's Abraham's brother, that this is the granddaughter of Abraham's brother 
And man, here it is, man. He knew. The Bible says, and, and watch this, in each one of these steps, if you go back and read it, you're going to notice the servant stops and worships God. He doesn't take it for granted. He doesn't, but he takes that moment, kind of like we did this morning. God's good to me. God's goodness. And we worshiped him. Because why? Because God's been good to us. Regardless of how I feel this morning, regardless of how many devils I'm fighting today, regardless of how many heartaches is in my life today, God's been good to me, and I'm going to let him know he's been good. Sometimes that's, that's the frame of mind and the spirit and attitude. To win some battles, if, if, if when we get into that realm and place some worshiping him in the midst of that battle, you know what? God just says, you know what? That's enough of that devil. But if we're prone to mumble and grumble and complain about it and waller in it, God will say, well, I'll just leave her a while. Let him waller in it. I know my mom and daddy taught us that, but if we ever throw tempter tandems and got down and throwed fits, she said, I can give you something to throw a fit about. When I get through beating, <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have signs while you were screaming. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, so here, you know, as, as she, she responds unto him and lets him know. And so she, she you know, he takes out immediately and, and takes out and, and decks her out. And don't take this wrong. Now, remember something. The Old Testament is a physical operation. What things happened in the physical realm. I mean, that's, that's the Old Testament. That's how it unfolded. That's, that's a reason the difference between Jesus Christ's teaching and the Old Testament about hating and how you treat your brother and looking up on women and things of this nature. Go back and read it. Hey, it's, it's, it's all there. And so even here, so he begins to give her uh, earrings and bracelets. And all of these are gifts, but there are tokens and signs for her groom. Of what he possesses. What's in his, his fingertips. And, and because you know. If he just came. And just gave her some little. Old, you know whatever. You know I, I've heard people. And I've heard them talk about it. To some of our, our movie stars. And great millionaires. And things like that. They buy million dollar engagement rings. For their bride. Sometimes for the second and third one. <laughs> million dollar engagement rings. You know, so, you know, the gift. And so they place in it. He places this upon her. And so the little damsel, it's the Bible says, she runs home. And so she gets home. She starts telling mom and she starts telling layman. Layman is her brother. Amen. And buddy, he, he perks up and he realized because if you read it close, the things he noticed is what, she, not him, but what she's got on got his attention. Woo. You know, it's kind of like the guy whenever, you know, the big brother's waiting on little sister's date to show up. Amen. And uh, he drives up in, you know, he drives up in, in one of them $90,000 trucks. It's jacked up. And, buddy, I mean, it's, he say, woo, sister, you ain't doing so bad after all. Now, he may get out and look like a thug, but the truck... <laughs> And so that's kind of like this, this deal. 
I mean, Laman knew immediately by what she, what he had blessed her with, what was hanging. Now, if you do a study on that, you may not like this one, but, but actually they said the, the earring was actually a nose ring. Study it out. Put it, do everything. Because and then later on it says face. I don't, it don't matter to me, okay? He, he, he put enough on her. And, and I can take you to Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, and show that where God talks about the church in likeness of this with jewelry too. So don't get, don't get too, because there's something about the gold and the glitter and the glory. But I'm going to tell you something. Let's go on. What about Moses? And after being in the presence of God and the illuminating that flowed out of him, that he had to put a veil on. Or you see what I'm talking about? And that's where we go in as a church and a glorious church. Because there's things that flow out of us that's not man-made. Amen. There's, there's, there's things that flow as the church. It's the bride that's made herself ready. And so as we watch all of this unfold, and he starts, he immediately, man, start making and he makes his way unto him unto the servant and encounters him and talks to him and says oh yeah we got provision we got means and she done told him they had and so they welcome him in and so he gets there and, and so they wash their feet they water the camels again they feed make provision for the camels and do all of this and then amen, the servant comes into the house and now he, he's presenting himself before he goes any further though he says let me tell you why I'm here let me tell you about my, my, what my journey's about. And he rehearses, and I won't do that, but he rehearses everything that's unfold from Abraham right on to what even happened with Rebecca there and everything that happened. And so sure enough, amen, in this arrangement that's being made, amen, between her and her brother, amen, her dad and her mother, amen, it's there. Now, she's not even there. She, it's almost like she's in another room somewhere. If you read it. She's not there in this conversation that's going on. Now this, 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 this being, you know. And, and so sure enough, Laman says, you know, we can't. Because he tells him, said, hey, if, if she's not, if you're not willing and she's not willing, hey man, I need to know because I'm going to go ahead right now and either turn to the left or turn to the right. But immediately they t- say, no, it's of God. It's of the Lord. You done told us enough. It's of God. We're, we're going to let her go. They didn't even ask her. If she wanted to go or willing to go. Nope. It's a done deal. She's gone. We just sold her. <laughs> we just traded her off. Amen. And so uh, as it unfolds, and again, he starts blessing them with gifts and leave them with gifts and calls her out because, because then they, they make the request because he says, hey, we want to leave the very next day. And they make the request, oh, would you mind tearing with us even, even up to 10 days? And he says, oh, no, no, we, we, Godspeed and we don't have time. And we got, we got a six-month journey back. And so, and so this is the part they did leave up with her. Said, well, let's call Rebecca. Let's see what she says. And sure enough, when they question her, she says, I'll go. I will. And she wasn't going to linger. She wasn't going to wait. But the very next day, she was willing to forsake everything. As the writer puts it in the lesson, everything that was familiar Everything that was her home, her family. But listen to what the brother says. Listen to how they talking about a man being that one that would be a mother unto thousands. Even as the Bible puts it, to a million. And possessing the enemy's gates. They knew this was a God thing. And they weren't about to get in the way of it and prevent it from happening. 
And so sure enough, Rebecca, she climbs up on that camel, amen, and we know she got on a camel because at the end of the journey, the Bible says she lights off the camel, and somebody lights their camels thinking it's okay to light them. <laughs> but anyway, praise God, that ain't the camel that he's talking about, <laughs> amen. And so sure enough, they make the journey back, and, and you know, we, we don't know. How many of you ladies would like to row for six months on the back of a camel, and it's going to be your first encounter with your groom? God. But anyway, you know the stories. They make it their way back. And, and sure enough, as she, notice this. Two things happen. All of this is lifting up of eyes too. Notice Isaac. Isaac had went out into the field and he's out meditating, praying. And, and there's a lot to say about that. But time just won't allow me to cover all that because time's already running. And so in there and Sarah. But all of a sudden he lifts up his eyes and he sees the camels coming. And she, she also, the Bible says, lifts her eyes up. And so she questions a man, the, the servant, a man, is, is, who is this? And he says, that's the man. That's the groom. That's Isaac. That's the man. And the Bible says she lights off of that candle and she covers herself with a veil. And you know how the story ends in the last verse of that takes her to his, his tent. And anyway, that's where the, the ceremony or the completeness of that was brought together. And so with this being kind of set and, and put in place, let's, let's talk about us. Let's talk about the church itself. Let's, 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 let's look at a couple of things and the time allow me. We're going to look at Matthew 22 and Matthew 25. And we're going to look at a few verses even prior to that of, of leading us. And bringing us unto that place. Why? This glorious church. It's been bought. We're betrothed by none other but Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lamb. But you know what? This church has gifts. Amen. God's left this church with gifts. Amen. And, and, and abilities and talents and to be used. And we, we can see some of these and we're going to talk about some of them. Okay. Well, let's look at Colossians. And one reason we're going to Colossians 2. It's here. Amen. That the writer talks about the Godhead. He talks about the bodily Godhead. We know that all of the Godhead by is in none other but Jesus Christ. There's only one groom. There's not going to be three persons that this bride's going to be encountering. There's not going to be three gods that this bride's going to be in fellowship with. No, there's one. That one is Jesus Christ. And the fullness of that Godhead is in, in Jesus Christ. If you read in Revelation, amen, especially the 19th chapter, it talks about the supper. And, and, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But, but also, there's only one throne. There's only one. We need the revelation of that. The true church is going to have a revelation in one God. They're going to understand there's only one God that all power in heaven and earth is given to this one. We believe that the Messiah has come. Amen. Because we know him. We have experienced him. It's not somebody that we just read about and somebody that was sung to us. No, we, he's alive and well in us. Amen. The measure of it. The down payment of it. The earnest of his spirit. Amen. That he is a God of the living. There's no doubt in my mind, heart, or spirit that God is alive and well. There's no doubt in my mind and heart and spirit this morning that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand side. If you've got to get an understanding of that, the only reason he's not on the throne ship is because the last enemy has not been destroyed. And that enemy is going to be death itself. But yet my Messiah, my, my, the bishop of my soul has done conquered that enemy called death. That's the reason we believe in the death and burial and resurrection. That's the reason we believe in baptism in Jesus, or repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And then filling with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives us 
utterance. Amen. This earnestness of this, amen. This gift, this, this, this is one of the most important gifts. Because none of the rest of them doesn't work. None of the rest of them has the anointing, has the glow to it, has the power with it, amen, to change the atmosphere and change the individual, amen, outside the Holy Ghost. The reasons are so many religions, amen, don't walk in the giftings and the powers and the ups and the anointing of God is because they don't believe in the first gift called the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, that quickens us, that calls us to become alive. Thank God for that, that calls us because what did we lose? We lost that spiritual relationship with God. We was even dogged. We wouldn't even consider. We had no hope and no promise to a man by the name of Jesus Christ came. And that's the reason it's so important to believe this message and believe in the power. That's the reason our good evangelist preached weeks and night. You sometimes all you can do is call on the name, but that's enough because all the power is in the name of Jesus. And so, as you watch this, now I want to prove this. Go to Colossians 2, 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Christ here, whenever you see the term Christ, that is the anointed one. This is actually where even Christian comes from, is to be Christ-like. The only way you and I can be Christ-like, amen, is by His Spirit. Romans, amen, Paul wrote to us there, without His Spirit, we're none of His. I'm telling you, if you don't accomplish or achieve anything else, you make sure you got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost has got you. You make sure you didn't allow any other signs or any other tokens or any other gifts. Amen. Rob you of the gift of speaking in that heavenly language as God, the Spirit of God gave you the utterance. Because I'm telling you, anything else, you got to come up short. Amen. On that moment and in that day. I'm going to prove it to you with the ten virgins. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, without the awe, you can't make the journey. Without renewing that all, you can't finish the race. I'm telling you the importance of making sure that you got the all, and it's not just any all. It can't be made by man. Man can confess all he wants to, but unless the real evidence is there, Amen. The power, the transforming, the new creation, and taking the old man out, putting the new man in, taking the stony heart out, putting the fresh heart in. Hey, it's all in that book, honey. We're a new creation. We walk different. We talk different. We act different. We respond different. Amen. We got a greater hope and a Greater life. Amen. That's the reason we don't fear death. That's the reason we don't fear about a lot of this other man. That's the reason we're not depressed and down and out. God's got this thing worked out. If you and I just walk in that first gift, the Holy Ghost, and rejoice and let it, you know, don't let it become old hat to us. I don't care if you are raised in this. Don't you let it become so mundane and just so, so accustomed to it. No. Let's just realize such is the, the beauty of the Lord that we felt here this morning. Don't ever take it for granted. Man, I'm telling you, there's thousands and thousands of them out there. They really don't know Him. They don't, they don't experience Him like that. And they're not where they're at. I'm being blunt this morning and, and rude in a way, I guess. But they don't believe this. They don't believe in the gift. This gift. But you can't hide this gift. When it shows up. When it takes the rulership of your heart. You start loving the things you once hated. And you start hating the things you once loved. You change your, your direction. You can't love two masters. 
You can't love the world and the things of the world and entertain carnality and the world and entertain God at the same time. You can't play games on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and Fridays, and Saturdays, and walk in here on a Sunday morning without blemish, and without spot, and without wrinkle, and have an encounter with your groomsman. Hallelujah. But when you walk him and you have kept yourself, you've made yourself ready. Hallelujah. You're looking for him any moment, any time. Any day he can come and take me out of here. Any day he can pull my number. I want to be ready to meet him without blemish and without spot and wrinkle. I've met the love of my soul. I've met the love of my life. I've met the love, amen, that's going to get me out of here. And nothing else should supersede that. Nothing else should overpower that. I shouldn't encounter other things. Come on, I'm preaching to us. I'm telling you this, the whole flesh Amen. It'll cause us to miss it. This old carnal man, amen, it'll cause us to miss it. Hallelujah. That's the reason it's important about this first gift. Now we can go to other places, and, and I don't know if I have time, but, uh, but anyway, watch this as it unfolds. And he says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For he is complete in him, which is, is the head of all principalities and powers, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How is that? Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also he are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. How are we raised with him? This is what he's talking about. People want to say that, you know, I'm telling you, I kill you right here. Here it is. There's a plan of salvation. We're baptized in what? A watery grave in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. How are we raised up? We're raised up by the operation of God through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so this is what he said, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcised in your flesh, hath he quickened together with him. Having forgiven all your trespasses, butting out the handwritings of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, and nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he spoiled them. The devil, amen, brother Ford told you this morning, I'm telling you, the devil don't have the power. The devil don't have the authority. Amen. You and I, amen, if we'll submit and yield and humble ourselves and making up our minds, I'm going to be the bride of Christ. I'm going to be the bride of Christ at whatever cost. I can't worry about what mama's doing. I can't worry about what daddy's doing. I can't worry about what brother's doing. I can't worry about what sons and daughters or nobody else. Peter put it this way. Save yourself from this untoward generation. I'm telling you, we're an untoward generation. We're a crooked, messed up generation. But out of this generation, God's going to get a church. Out of this generation, God's going to have a pride. Out of this darkness and messed up world, a corrupt world, a man through one extreme to the other. But God's still going to have a church that's going to stand the ground. God's still going to have a church that's going to fight the battle. God's still going to have a church somebody's gonna believe us everybody's not gonna be in the grave honey no there's gonna be a church in that moment in that hour it's gonna be caught up with them that's gonna be without blemish and without spot and without wrinkle and we'll tell you something that's just as important amen not just to have it on the outside in fact it's more important than what's on the inside What's on the inside? You can paint rotten wood, but rotten wood's still rotten. <laughs> and sooner or later, it's going to show up. The right storm comes, you're going to realize that paint wouldn't get the job done. Covering up. Only thing that could cover it up, do any good, is the blood of Christ. That's the only thing. Praise God. When you go to Hebrews, and I'll, I'll go on to time's sake here. 
Hebrews 4 and 15, he talks why. Because we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. Watch this. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may attain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Folks, we have to do that. On a pretty, probably, pretty regular. <laughs> Why? This old earthen vessel that this heavenly treasure is in. we got to bring it to an altar. The altars is actually built for the saints of God. Altars are actually built. You and I could come and offer ourselves as sacrifices unto him. And if anybody don't have an altar that they kneel at on a regular basis. Amen. To call upon this God. Your relationship and fellowship with God is not what it ought to be. Amen. It's impossible. You and I have got to have this encounter and this time with him. Revelation 19 and 7 helps us to understand. And this is the Lamb's Supper. Amen. In fact, if you previous chapter, and there's a lot to this. And I, I, I don't have the time. But anyway, let us glad. Amen. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Any wife, amen, are going to be wife. Amen. If she don't have enough salt in her, amen, to make preparation. Amen. For the groomsman. Amen. For the for the man that she's fixing to marry and willing to take on his name. Hey, that's another area. Some of these is coming up and sometimes they don't want to take on the man's name. I wouldn't marry a woman that wouldn't take my name. I'd just tell you like it is. I don't care who he is, what she looked like. Hallelujah. She turned every head and walked in the building. Hallelujah. She wouldn't take my name on. She wouldn't. She ain't going to stay around long. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, she was willing to take on his name. She was willing to travel for six months. She's willing to get on the back of a camel. She's willing, amen, you know what? I'm going. Rebecca didn't hesitate. She didn't question. She sold out. She left us an example because she knew it was a God thing. Honey, you and I know when it's a God thing. You and I know when the Holy Ghost shows up. And if we reject the Holy Ghost and we deny it, then there's nothing else. There's not another avenue. There's not another door. There's only one truth, one God, one word, one baptism, one church. Hallelujah. God, I'm glad, glad to be a part of it. There's going to be one bride. I know we're living in a world today. They got two brides walking down the same aisle. Amen. They're going to try to put them together. But God never put them together. What God put together, let no man put asunder. And God put one man with one woman. That's what God done. And God had changed his mind about it. God's still in the business. Amen. I'm looking for a bride. A bride that's made herself ready. A bride saying that whatever cost, baby, I'm going to be ready. going to be ready a bride that's made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen watch this is the righteousness of saints it's the righteous deeds and works that you and I gave ourselves unto that we didn't walk in carnality. Amen. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Again, today, you can't serve two masters. You can, you can, you know, we can easily say, well, that's in my genes. And we can easily say, well, that's just our, 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 our makeup. And we, we can listen to all those excuses. But when it really gets down to it, it's up to us as individuals saying, I'm dying out. I'm not going to let my corner mind dominate me. I'm not going to let flesh have the rule over me. I'm not going to let the pleasures of it. 
Amen. By sight or with this. Amen. To dominate me and rule me. No. Amen. I've been bought. I belong to I belong to Jesus Christ and to give myself unto him and humble myself unto his call and to his election. Ephesians talks about in Ephesians the fifth chapter. Three verses there. But if you go back and read the whole chapter in the previous chapter, it's about submission. It's about yielding one to another. Amen. Loving one another, caring for one another. Finding that place and positions to do it. But Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Again, amen. Here we are. Hallelujah. Jesus. You can't separate Jesus and the word. So the washing comes in baptism in Jesus' name. And that's the word of God that washes us. Amen. That he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. God's looking for a bride. Amen. Hallelujah. That reached a point in place. Hallelujah. I'm coming out of the world. Just like Abraham had to come out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And out of that idolatry place. And believe in the voice of God and all he had was the voice of God all you got amen this morning is the word of God which is the voice of God all you got is a part of the gift called the fivefold ministry called a pastor amen to preach to you this morning but it's God's way and if you listen to God's way it'll bring out a bondage it'll bring out a rebellion it'll bring out a darkness it'll bring out of hopelessness but if you're not willing amen to listen to the gift the gift that was given to the bride to sanctify it amen to, to mature and grow it hallelujah then I'm here to tell you this morning there's no other answers there's no other avenues. You can call up any hotline you want to call up. You can call up any other institution you want to call up. But I'm telling you only the gifts that have been given to the church of the living God is the only thing that's going to present the bride. Hallelujah. I'm telling you it's going to be a pastor that stands beside you on that day. It's going to be because you can connect yourself to a church, a God-believing church, a Bible-believing church, a sanctified church, a church that came out of the world. Didn't stay in the world but come out of the world. It ain't one thing just to come out of it either. Buddy. you got to connect to something. You just can't come out of it, baby. you got to connect next to something that's what the Holy Ghost is all about it's about walking in that beauty and counseling this, this is what flows out of us this is the love and the compassion flows out of us this is what the world is looking for Somebody that love them. Love them anyway. Care for them. Pray for them. We're not here to condemn nobody. Jesus didn't condemn the world. But you can't. You can't. And I can't. Nobody else can. Nobody has the power and authority to change that book. But the book has the authority and power to change us. To open our eyes. To open our understanding. To help us to see where we're at, to see our condition and how much we need. It's like when, when Israel come out of Egypt, every family had to have a lamb. Every family to keep the death angel out of their house had to have the blood applied to the doorpost and lintels of their homes to keep the judgment of God out. Everybody on that judgment day, they're going to have to have the blood of the lamb called Jesus Christ. They're going to have to bear his name. 
Now let's move on. I know my time's running away from me. Let's go to... Galatians 5 talks about walking. First Peter talks about, can I touch just a few? I'm sorry, I'm trying to hurry. I likewise, let's go to First Peter 3 and 1. Likewise, each wise be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey it not the word. Now watch the power of our lives and how we live. Now this is not just for the ladies, this goes for the men too. If you read it on, you'll see it. A man has the power to win one or the other without the word of God. Don't you tell me your life don't make no difference. Your conduct don't make a difference. I'm telling you it's going to make the difference between heaven and hell. I don't mean to be, but I'm telling you, it's going to make the difference. Don't you be able to listen to that bunch of junk. So watch this. This is Apostle Peter. Now remember, this is the man with the keys. This is what this is, this is what I would call the second most important man of the New Testament. Some may argue that Paul, it, it doesn't matter. They, that's the three most important men. Okay, and when I say that far as you know what I'm talking about. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Conversation means conduct. How you handle yourself. How you respond. How you live your life. While they behold your chaste conversation compelled a man with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and a wearing of gold and putting on of apparels. Don't let it be that. Come on, can I, can I say this? I've, I've listened to preachings and things, and it's one of the men's But women's more concerned about their appearance than anything else. Where that's not true with a man. He's, I forgot what he said about a man. But anyway, about his macho and pride and all that. You know, he's more worried about that. It don't bother him to put on some whatever. and just. Much, but as long as you don't mess with his pride, his ego. His, you know, you mess with my stuff, man. I'll, anyway. <laughs> Praise God. But, but. Whose adorning let it not be what? That outward adorning, the planting of the hair. And most of the time that planting of the hair was the weaving in of gold and things of this nature. The arrangement of it. Study on Jezebel. If you don't think I'm telling you something. Study on the arranging and the conducting and all. And, all. and I'm not calling everybody that dresses in that likeness. But here's the deal. If you keep following the pattern, that spirit's going to show up. That's the problem with it. Okay. Now, spiritually speaking, that's true for the church. The church keeps picking up things that's out of the world and bringing it into the church. We want to start, amen, we want to start bringing in things and following the worldly church instead of being the example to the worldly church. Hey, we got this thing backwards, baby. We should allow them to impress us. We, the Bible says we ought to be the envy and the jealousy of the world. The church is. The way we live, the way we talk. That's the reason I don't think it's wholesome and healthy and something's wrong. Whenever Holy Ghost filled people always grumbling and griping and down and out and depressed and oh, rah, rah, rah. come on, get a Holy Ghost filling, man. Man, God's good to us. God's been good to us. The devil hadn't eat you up. You still go to the house of God, you can still walk. I tell you, God's been good to us. I don't deserve these blessings. I don't deserve, amen, what God's done to me. I know there's no good thing in me. I ought to wound up in hell. I ought to been dead 20 years ago. But God's being good to me. God's good to us, folks. And so, 
While they behold your task conversation fail with fear. Who's adorning? Let it not be that. Or don't let me drop me. But let it be one of the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible. All this other's corruptible. It's going away. It's that. That's, it's in here. That's going to live. It's, it's just going to live forever. That's what's going to count. That's what's going to mean something. Even the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husband. Remember, we're the bride. We got to come under subjection, under submission. So let's don't take this thing out of context and, and think, you know, all the women's folks just get under us. I'm going to tell you something the real deal is if we're the bride, that's coming under subjection to Jesus Christ. <laughs> If I'm not doing what Christ wants me to do, amen, I can't expect my family to be doing it. Well, I could take it Galatians 5, 5, 16 through 26, if you don't mind. Amen. Basically, that's what you're going to walk in. Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, amen, lust is against the Spirit. The Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. So that he cannot do the things that he would. You cannot walk in the flesh. You cannot pacify the flesh. You can't, you can't baby the flesh. You can't just keep excusing the flesh. No, you've got to mortify it. You've got to bring it under subjection. You've got to bring it under rule. <laughs> Praise God. All right, let's go to Matthew 25th. Thank you, Brother Brian, doing a good job. Let's go to Matthew 25, 1 through 13, and maybe it's 11.50. I got about 10 minutes here. Really, this, this parable, amen, is dealing with readiness and stewardship. That's what this parable is about. Amen, when you, when you really look at it. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven, so I get it to what? Ten virgins. They're all virgins. These virgins, no doubt, is, can be considered amen, the followers of Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus Christ. And all of them took the lamps and went forth to meet what? They went forth to meet the bridegroom. Amen. But to watch this. The next verse begins to talk about. Uh, did I just give you? And five of them were what? Five and five of them were foolish. And so why? They that were foolish took their lamps. They just got a lamp. Lamp is just a small clay uh, but with a wick hanging out of it, it's all it is. Amen. Now, that's all they took. They took no oil with them. Oil is likened to what? The Holy Ghost. Wine, oil, water. Took no oil. There's a lot of people that's got a lamp. They claim to be Christians. Claim to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, preacher. Well, I'll tell you what. The some is going to show up and say, we cast out devils in your name. We heal the sick in your name. And Jesus is going to tell them, I never knew you as workers of iniquity. You can't serve but two masters. You can't serve the spirit of iniquity and the spirit of God. I'm just telling you, you can't do it. You've got to crucify one of them. You're going to. Everybody's crucifying one or the other. Well, I know I'm being. <laughs> but it's the truth. And you know what? That's a choice we make every day. Just having the Holy Ghost don't give us that guarantee that we're going to. No. If you cater and give and submit and yield to the wrong one, even the power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, to the point place in Revelation, God said, I'll come and take the candlestick out. And so that means the power of choice is in us. We choose whether or not we're going to be the bride of Christ or not. We make the decision. 
if we're going to live for God or not. The power of choice has not left. It was there in the garden, and it's going to be with us. And so we got to choose, amen, who I'm going to serve, who I'm going to humble myself and yield myself to. Man, that was the battle with Job. And in all of that, God said, Job never charged God foolishly with his mouth. Don't you kid yourself. It makes all the difference what you let come out of here. Judgment can come. Especially when you start dealing with the five-fold ministry. You start dealing with church. You start dealing with God's little darlings. You better be careful. Sometimes God shows a lot of mercy and compassion. And sometimes he don't, buddy. Sometimes the next day. And he's God. And who's going who's gonna... to. See, that's what Eli told his two boys. And it's, it's one thing sin against one another. It's quite another sin against God. Who, who's going to stand in a gap for you? Who's going to intercede for you? Whenever you've been introduced to truth and you know God and you've heard God and you've had the opportunity. And if I reject him, if I deny him, that disobedience would disqualify the prearrangements that have been made. Because I didn't keep up with my part of the bargain. Because I became impregnated with a spirit of iniquity. Preach it to us today. I've allowed the wrong things. I took these hands and touched the unclean. I took these eyes behold things that was wicked and evil and ungodly. I took this vessel that doesn't belong to me but created in his image and likeness. That belongs to God or a temple of God. But I used it for the wrong entertainment. And I entertained the wrong things. I'm telling you, we got to stay on top of it because the spirit of iniquity is running rapid. It's, it's like that fire with that winds behind it in Hawaii. The reason that hundred plus people lost their lives is because that 60 mile an hour wind and the right setting with that grass and, and because people, a man didn't take precaution and man and, and do things that help prevent that. And if we're not careful in the religious world that we're in today, there's so many religion, man, they're busting out now. Hey man, they putting homosexuals behind pulpits. Come on, I'm telling you, the spirit of iniquity is having its heyday. And there's only going to be one church that's going to stand the trial. There's going to be only one bride, amen, that's going to come out of this thing unblemished. There's only going to be one bride that's going to come out of this thing, amen, not being overcome and overwhelmed. And especially with technology and the phones and the punching of a button, amen, that we can entertain things in the privacy of our own homes and the privacy of our own closets. But I'm going to tell you something, God's always there. And he'll help us. If we'll let him, he'll help us. God wants us to win. Don't get the wrong idea here. God's for us. If God's for us, who can be against us? But your power and my power to choose is left up to us. God will not. God 
Watch this. God did not make Jesus go to Gethsemane. Jesus had to go to Gethsemane. And Jesus had to submit the will of his flesh unto the will of God and the spirit of God for that to be fulfilled. And you and I have got to follow the same pattern and go to the Gethsemane. Amen. And crucify this flesh and mortify the deeds of this. Why? Because I'm presenting this baby. I'm presenting this body. Amen. Chast. Amen. Amen. Called out. Amen. Sanctified and separated. Hallelujah. Touching not. Not being involved. Not entertaining, amen. But I tell you, it's so easy to entertain the flesh in America today. And that's the problem. That's the reason you can't go to their places. You can go. But I'm telling you, you won't leave there without being affected. It may not show up. It may not show up in a week. It may not show up in a year. It may not show up for four or five years. But unless you repent and get it under the blood, it's going to show up. It's going to show up. So here, as you watch these five wise and five foolish, the foolish didn't take no all. They just had their lamps. And they all, the Bible says, they all slumbered. All ten virgins slumbered. Amen. But the cry was made at midnight. Why midnight? Nobody was expecting the previous chapter, the 44th verse, talks about God, the Son of God, is going to come when no man thinks not. Amen. Another place in the same setting, it talks about if the strong man would have known what hour the thief was coming, he would have been, he'd have been awake and watching it, kept his house from being broken into. And so what is this telling us? Amen. Preparation. Amen. We've got to be ready, ready every day because we don't know when the coming of the Lord is going to be. Amen. But he tarried, he delayed his coming. And now it's at midnight. And now these that just took a lamp and know all, they don't have none. They tried to purchase from them that had it. They said, there ain't no way we not have enough. And so while they was going to try to purchase some, you can't wait until that day to purchase it. Hallelujah. You got to get it while it's now, while it's available, while it's flowing, while we have the opportunity, amen, to get the Holy Ghost. There's going to come an hour. There's going to come a day when this bride is not going to be able to get the Holy Ghost and the power of God in his life. Amen. The grace of God. That throne room that I read to you in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, a few minutes ago. There will be a moment. There will be a time. Amen. That throne room will not be available through our Lord Jesus Christ. The sonship will be over with. Time will be no more. Amen. And then everybody's going to the destination. Amen. That they have chosen. Amen. To, to allow themselves to be drawn into or lured into. And I know, I know, probably some people's got a lot of good reasons or excuses. But I'm here to tell you, none of it's worth going over hell over. None of it's why you may wind up in a place of eternity. Hallelujah, it's time to be a wise, a wise virgin. Amen. I'm going to get the oil. I'm going to tend to the oil every day. I may not tend to this and I may not tend to that, but I'm going to tend to the oil. Amen. I'm going to tend to my soul. I'm going to tend to what's most important. I'm going to make sure I pray. I'm going to make sure my relationship and my fellowship with, with my God, amen, is the most important thing. Sometimes you have to make decisions for your families because the needs of your family. You've got to call your, your place of work and say, look, I can't come in. I got this one sick or that one sick and, and this is priority this moment in time. And so every day you got to make sure the priority of your soul and the priority of your spirit and your mind. Amen. Because you're a bride. You've been called out. Amen. And here's the deal. Many are called but only a few are chosen. Only a few are faithful. Many, many, many are called. I tell you God's calling them to the left and God's calling them to the right. But how many is going to be faithful? How many is going to be stirred this morning and checking your own heart and your own mind and spirit? You know what? I don't make sure I make my calling and my election sure hallelujah I may not drive this and I may not go there but I can do one thing and I can be saved I can be saved I tell you God's got a remedy for you and I to be saved we can hear him say well done thy good and faithful servant but there's got to be that stirring and I saying I'm going to do it at whatever cost I'm going to do it 
Matthew 22. I'm through. We can stand. I know my times. Praise God. In this particular parable, again, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It's just how you want to look at it. Part of this kingdom ship, he talks about a marriage for his son. Man, he prepared and he sends out those to bidden, those that had received invitations. They likened this unto the Jews, and the Jews rejected him. They didn't only reject him, amen. They, 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 they persecuted and denied the prophets and the men of God and vessels of God that God had sent to them to give them instructions and guidance. He goes on and he, they come in and say, hey, the, the, you know, we got a banquet. We got the fatted calves and everything's ready. It's killed. It's ready. He says, go out, go out, go out. Go out in highways and byways. Go out. The good and the bad. He said, go, go get them. Go get them. Go to them. He said, I want my banquet. I want this place before. We, we having a wedding, man. We having a wedding. Amen. And we want this place packed out. Have you ever noticed you'll pack a place out with a wedding and a funeral? A lot of them don't want to come to church in between the two. Don't have a whole lot to do with the church until weddings and funerals. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, as you watch this parable here, as God uses it to help us to understand. And so they go, go ahead and get the good and the bad. And now, now the king is coming through. He's greeting the guests and just glad everybody's here and shaking their hands and going through. And all of a sudden, he walks up on a man. This man doesn't have the wedding garments on. Here was the key. If you'll do any study on that at all. The king provided the garments for the wedding. It's his righteousness we put on. And so the king would provide it outside the doors. But for whatever reason, he rejected it. He bypassed it. We don't really know why. I'm going to preach on this sometime because I've heard people talking about they're going to do this and they're going to do that and they're going to say this and they're going to say that. I'm going to tell you something. There was times in the Pharisees and Sadducees' lives with Jesus Christ upon this earth, they were speechless. They wouldn't say nothing. Wouldn't ask another question. This man right here in this parable, the Bible said he was speechless. In other words, he was without excuse. Peter warns us about a people that's going to be without excuse. We stand before him. I'm not telling you that life is easy. I'm not telling you that you and I don't get hurt along the way, offended, don't like some things. But I'm telling you that nothing happened to any of us that should cause us to wind up in hell over it. That we don't get enough in us. Enough love, first of all, for God and what he paid for us that we can't forgive our brother and sister. And let's go back to it. If I can't forgive my brother and sister, neither can my father forgive me. If I can't love you who I have seen, how can I say that I love God who I have not seen? If I can't treat you right who I have seen, how can I say that I'm going to really treat God right who I have not seen? It all works together. It all works hand in hand. We're all flesh. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. We all come up short. we got earthen vessels. I wish I could say everything perfect every time. I wish I handled everything perfect every time. And I know you do too. But it don't just happen that way. It 
just doesn't happen like that. But I tell you what can happen. We can get it in our minds and our hearts and our spirit. I'm not going to give no leverage to the devil. I'm not going to let my flesh get the best of me. I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to put it under the blood. I'm going to brush it off. I'm not going to let it bother me. Amen. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love one another. And if I offend you, you come to me. I'm going to do my best to make it right. I'm going to do my best. Amen. I'm going to try. That's the best we can do. Amen. I can't erase all the pain all the time. I can't retract everything all the time, and neither can you. But I tell you what, we can get it under the blood. We can get in fellowship with one another and fellowship with God. We can encourage one another, uplift one another, and make up in our minds. Amen. That we're going to make it. Amen. In this untoward generation, as chaotic and as wicked and vile as it's becoming, God's going to have a bride. Just like he did with Noah. Eight precious souls. But I'm telling you, in that generation, in Noah's time, amen, they was redeemed. They was atoned. They was delivered. And so even as we're going back to Noah's days in such a fast rush. But I'm telling you, there's still going to be a church. There's still going to be a bride that's going to present herself without blemish and without spot and without wrinkle. We can do it, church. But it's up to you and I. Why don't we this morning just come and all of us just come gather up here for just a few minutes. I won't hold you long. It's 12.05. We'll just spend a few minutes and saying, God, help us. God, we want your help. And I'm just doing this so we can, kind of, we can put something into it. We got to. We're living in a world that really don't want it. When it comes to church, I don't know how it's gotten the ideal that there's no sacrifices made. There's no, no you know, putting into it. That's not true. If there's anything that we ought to put something into, it ought to be the house of God. It ought to be coming to the house of God and, and, and being involved in that. You know, and doing what we can because we want to acknowledge it. We want God to know. We want God to know, first of all. And then our brothers and sisters, amen, that we love them and care for them. And we want God to help us. Would you help me pray for that with just this morning? God, we love you this morning and appreciate you we thank you for your grace we thank you for your compassion we thank you for your long suffering and mercy God we realize I realize that I wouldn't be here this morning without your grace and mercy and goodness and compassion being poured out upon us on a daily basis and so God we're asking you to help us ask you God to gird up our minds our hearts our spirit I want to walk in the beauty God I want to walk in the gifts that you have given to us in this local assembly as a church but God even to each and every vessel that's in this house every gift that's been given to them talents and ability to walk in the beauty of your counsel the beauty of your life we want this community to know there is a God we want this community to know that your favor is upon us that you're moving upon our hearts that you're moving upon our lives that you're keeping us that you're leading guiding us that we're not in this by ourselves that we're not doing this by our own might or by our own power but it's the goodness and the mercy of the Lord that's with us it's your anointing God that's blessing us the things that we drive, the things that we live in, God, the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, and God, all of these are monetary things, but God, they're blessings and favors of yours. We want them to be a testimony to our neighbors, a testimony to our enemy, a testimony, God, to those that may be even against us, that it's just your goodness and favor and mercy being placed upon us. We want to flow out of us, God, help us be that conduit, the conduit of the Holy Ghost, the conduit of the nine gifts that comes with the Holy Ghost and Jen in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 help us God to let that love and joy and meekness and kindness and long suffering and gentleness to flow out of us God not just when it's convenient not just when we feel like it but God amen in those tough times when we have to make that six months journey God amen and through that desert time and God through those powers but your anointing would be with us your favor would be with us your name would be with us your promises would be with us God you help us represent your presence help us represent 
your love. Help us walk in the power and the election and calling, amen, as a called out church, doing the work of our Father, doing the work of the kingdom of God, giving you glory, giving you praise and honor here today as you baptize us with your spirit, as you baptize us with miracles and wonders and signs, as you manifest yourself, God, in healing our loved ones, as you manifest yourself, God, in delivering and saving. God, you help us have the backbone. You help us make the stand where you want us to make it. You help us walk in the beauty of your counsel and the beauty of your love. You don't know our minds and loose our tongues and use us in this end time for the glorifying and the building up of your kingdom. Giving you all the glory this morning. Let's put our hands together with thanksgiving. We love you this morning, Lord. We appreciate you today. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor in this house. Bless your holy name, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God loves us today, folks. He loves humanity. Don't ever think he doesn't. Amen. Thank God that we are placed in the hands of a most merciful God. There is. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He's God. Love you today. Appreciate you. God bless you. Amen. 4.30 practice for the praise singers. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. Brother Adrian Sanford's supposed to be with us tonight and tomorrow night. He's going to be with us tonight and tomorrow night. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.